the football frenzy. Hey, hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Three o'clock hours here. Here is Silver 7, 77 cent beers coming up in an hour during the Golden Knights game and also during Thursday Night Football. Those specials are good on Bud, Bud Light, Mick Ultra, 77 cent bottles for all Golden Knights games and all NFL games. Tonight, Chiefs and Chargers. The line across the way at the William Hill Sportsbook has moved up 10 cents, minus three, minus 120 on the Chiefs over the Chargers. We have more and more breaking news coming in about COVID around sports. We'll get to that. Got a lot of football news and notes to get to. Mark McMillan's going to join us in about 15 minutes, one of our NFL insiders. He'll react to what happened with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. If you didn't see it, Urban Meyer is out before he completed his first year. So some of the breaking news out there, Raiders and Browns is not a sure thing. This is kind of getting absurd. The Browns are pushing the numbers towards 20 with COVID positives. Baker Mayfield is down. Now the backup, Case Keenum, is down. Like Florio says, the NFLPA is currently pushing aggressively for a postponement of the Raiders-Brown game on Saturday. Uh, some in the union believe the entire season should be shut down for a week. We're talking about over 120 positives in the NFL in the last four days, and... Yeah, the union is concerned about player safety and game integrity, which are good concerns, right, Candy? I agree. And I know that there are people out there who are saying right now, well, you need to teach everybody a lesson about taking COVID seriously, and that's why you need to go ahead and play these games. We are a year and a half into this. There are a lot of people taking it very seriously. You have a league that is more than 90% vaccinated among the players. There are entire teams that are vaccinated. This isn't the time for lesson teaching. This is the time to recognize that the variants of COVID that are out there right now don't really care if you've been vaccinated or not. The new one, the Omicron that they're talking about, it's infecting people who are vaccinated. There are breakthrough infections the same way there were with Delta. So we can't talk about this as some sort of cudgel to use against the the people that we don't think are taking this seriously enough. It's about the fact that There are players who are going to be going out on that field if they play this game on Saturday who have probably never seen anything above a practice squad. You have a on board. We're now looking at a 10-point swing over the course of four days on NFL betting for a particular game. And keep in mind, it's not like the Raiders are held harmless here, not because of COVID, but because Darren Waller is going to be out again. They're still without their best offensive player outside of Derek Carr. And yet, we've seen a 10-point move going from Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum. And by the way, personal opinion, that's about a one-point move considering the health of Baker Mayfield right now. And then, what, from so from Case Keenum to Nick Mullins, you're telling me is what, worth a full point? Worth two full points? And then the rest of the Browns roster is worth the other six or seven? Yeah, it's an overreaction. I bet the Browns minus three, the Browns plus one. Do I just keep going and bet the Browns plus oh, three and a half? Dude, open up that middle about as far as you can for yourself. The problem is I'm on the Browns on everything. 
Oh, but, do I, oh yeah, yeah. Do I just keep yeah. pounding? <laughs> like at some point, yeah, I'm like, you might right. as well just yeah. Just, just I didn't just, get I didn't get the line value. I thought I was jumping on the good line value. I'm like, yeah, Baker Mayfield won't get it. Minus three. Eh, well, no, no one even knows what closing line value is. And oh, by the way, in terms of closing line value tonight, I gotta correct myself on something that I remembered after I said it earlier. Uh, talking about Rashawn Slater being out for the Chargers tonight, and talking about Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones is on the COVID list too. Uh, so he's another one of the 120 players who are out. Steve, that is 7% of NFL players in the last four days who have gone on the COVID list. So we just had Trey Wingo on, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Trey has no idea how old we are, so I guess he, you know, he's just assuming he's an old guy. He's not much older than us, but he was saying, oh, do you remember Bobby Knight and you know, Connie Chung and his stupid rape comment? Yeah, I remember almost everything that, you know, disgusting that uh, Knight did and said over the years. Um, I was surprised, and, and some of it's just, hey, you're being a smart ass and you're just starting conversation, but I was surprised by how many people, when they were throwing it out today, that Urban Meyer had the worst tenure in NFL history. I was like, hold on, put my hand up. I'm like, Jets fan here, Jets fan here. Um, you remember the original dude who just said, I can't do this, and believe I'm sure there were stories. If, if, if social media and athlete accessibility existed like it does now, there would have been some story. it would have been some stories about Lou Holtz with the Jets in 1976. Lou Holtz, just like Bobby Petrino, just like Urban Meyer, didn't make it through one year in the National Football League. He went 3-11 and before he freaking slithered, slithered his back, if I can say it, slithered his way back to the NCAA and took a job with Arkansas before the end of the Jets season. I had a VCR tape of this game, Monday Night Football. The sound quality is not going to be great. You can hear Howard Cosell trying to be nice about Lou Holtz in the NFL, and you'll hear uh, Alex Karras in a minute here, but this was the preview to the uh, great game between the Patriots and the Jets on Monday Night Football. The Jets with Lou Holtz in his 30s. Rye, the spectacle, has an understated sense of humor, a little bit in the Will Rogers vein, but he's come to grips with reality with a rebuilding club because... He's learned that all of life is not at North Carolina State, where two straight years you can beat Joe Paterno and the Nittany Lions and surprise everyone. Here it's a different story. Yet his team is showing something. It is showing a brand new and effective defense. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, I will mention, I think Candy knows this, really the original sports talker on the highest level actually was Howard Cosell. But he did it enveloped in the role of play-by-play, you know, lead guy on broadcast. So I'll just give you a couple things on Lou Holtz, who was the original Urban Meyer, but people forget it. Now he's an all-timer. And frankly, Lou Holtz to me is one of those guys, again, who talks about dedication and is up on his pulpit, you know, ripping kids these days. And um, he did a lot. He advertised one thing, but his own behavior did not represent what he was pushing. The 76 Jets, Candy, averaged 12 points a game for the entire season. They averaged 27 points a game, minus 15.2 average point differential, the worst in Jets history, which is kind of amazing, eighth worst since the merger in 1970. The Jets, with Coach Lou Holtz, turned the ball over 53 times. 53 times. 3.1 per game. That is the second average turnover number per game since 1970. So when people are like, Urban Meyer, the worst short-term college over to NFL coach in history. And the other thing is, 
Yes, of course. Lou Holtz came in and tried to do his his cheesy act with the Jets and came up with a Jets fight song. Take it away, Alex Karras, on Monday Night Football in 1976. But both coaches, I think, especially Lou Holtz, has decided to put a little bit more of that raw-raw spirit in the pro leagues and, and that college spirit, that old give it, give it to the gipper. So I want to I recite or sing perhaps a little song that Lou Holtz has written for his New York Jet football team and see if you kind of like this spirit. I think it's really neat uh, out there, everyone. And it goes something like this. When the game acts like men, we're together, win or lose. New York Jets keep rolling along. Isn't that terrific? And the bottom is, and where we go, we'll let the critics know that the Jets are here to stay. <laughs> which, uh, which really will excite some of the old ballplayers out there. I'm sure how excites me. Yeah, he said, except me. So he's making a comment there. I'm sure the older players were like, who is this clown? By the way, 38-year-old Lou Holtz looked like 82-year-old Lou Holtz. Did not age in 50-plus years. 40-plus years. 44 years, I guess. First of all, the best thing Alex Karras ever did was Webster. Yes, it was. Second he, of all. He was much smoother on, on Webster, too. Yeah, second of do, all. He could it, do second and third takes. He had a tough time there. That song proved it. Um, <laughs> I have to say, for a man who loves discounts, yes. slices his own meat, yep. <laughs> Steve Cofield, that right there, pulling out those tapes, might be the single oldest thing you've ever done. <laughs> Might just be the thing that dates you yeah. more than anything else in this world. And I was going to get really deep in on it, yeah. but that Lou Holtz <laughs> song is so amazing so awesome. that I got to just give it up for that. Uh, that. That is unbelievable. Way to go, Lou, coming up with a Jets fight song. Uh, I, Spectacular. I, I crap you not. Lou Holtz was so inept in the NFL, knew so little about the National Football League. Actually admitted before he got the job he'd never watched an NFL game that when he arrived to the Jets – they actually ran the veer. They tried to do that in the National Football League. And as a response to Holtz coming on board, John Riggins, who was actually a good player and kind of good in the late 70s and early 80s, you remember him with the Redskins of the time. Yeah, John Riggins is like, this guy, Lou Holtz, I am out of here. And then Holtz pulled an Urban Meyer, you know, some whatever it is now. 46 years ago, if I can do the math, 45 years ago, Lou Holtz was Urban Meyer. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield & Company. Thursdays means it's time to check in with our NFL insider, Mark McMillan, former Eagle and Chief, and a guy who played for a lot of coaches over the years. Have you ever heard of anything or seen anything like we just found out about Urban Meyer? I've never seen anything like that. Uh, You know, I've played for some college coaches that were professional coaches, Gene Stallings, who was our coach at Alabama, and I just can't imagine uh, his – his reputation is – he is who he is. You know, we, we, we can't sugarcoat it. He is, it's been a paper trail from Florida uh, to Ohio State. You know, he was, he was cool in Utah. You know, there, there was, you know, he was under the radar in Utah. So now it's just unbelievable that the stories that's coming out. But I thought once he put his hand up the girl's booty, 
uh, you know, months ago that he would get fired then, but, you know, he's, he escaped out of that one. Why are there so many coaches still around who act like this, who can only motivate by bullying people, and in this case, actually hitting someone? Why do you think – like, why is this still going on? I, I have no clue why he would think that it's okay to try to bully a grown man at that. You know, so you could just imagine what the stuff that was going on with the college students that he was doing for those guys, because it's a big intimidation factor. If you're on this on, on a scholarship, I'm sure there's kids that's going to come out like, yeah, he told me he's going to take my scholarship if I didn't do X, Y and Z. And to see this uh, play out in the National Football League. The thing is, shame on the Jaguars for even hi- hiring this clown. You know, they knew he was raggedy before they even hired him. And you go back to the, to the situation of all these qualified coaches that are continuing to get passed up and they say, well, they're not qualified. Uh, you know, we, we can speak of the African-American situation to, to be exact. There's tons of African-American coaches who've been assistant coaches who would kill to have an opportunity like that. And here you have urban Myers who they know was dirty from the beginning. They still hired him and gave him all this money. Urban Meyer, when he first got there, tried to hire the guy from Iowa who'd been pushed out of Iowa for verbally abusing kids there and he thought that yeah. was fine and there to me there's a whole coaching fraternity who basically I, I i think they like to intimidate they don't have the ability to be rational and motivate people and i think they're general anytime a story comes out like this it's you know then it goes into like snitch wimp like yeah yeah guys <laughs> you're 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 the wimp you're the cowards if this is the way you have to manage it it's it's weak. It's incredibly weak. And it's funny, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Urban, I'm sure, was under the microscope at Utah. My guess is he acted like this at Utah. Um, he's acted like this for much of his career. And on the Jaguars' part, I don't know if the Jaguars are going to get in trouble. I don't know what the deal is. But this was reported by this kicker to their legal counsel uh, around the time it happened. So now now the microscope, as you say, is on uh, Shaq Khan, the owner of the Jaguars. Um, he's got some explaining to do, and you're right. He better hire someone who is mature, responsible. He's got to make a home run hire here. Yeah, and that's that's going to be, you know, tough. You know, it, it, no one's going to really be satisfied with, with, the, with the hire that he has, but it's going to be a lot better than what they just got rid of. You know, like I said, it's weak. Uh, it's a Bush League, uh, you know, move. You know, I know this is a kid-friendly show, so I really can't say what I want to say about the guy. But it's bullcrap, man, that they, you know, they even hired this clown. And now you got to go out and somebody else that's going to come in, if it's an African-American coach, they're going to have to clean up a whole bunch of stuff, not just from the locker room, but from the top down. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the enemy's name is going to come up again. Brian Leftwood's name is going to come up again. Um, You know, those are two quality guys, but – you have Eric Bieniemy, who's probably going through the process many times, but the incident that he had in Colorado is probably haunting him in the process. But you go hire Urban Myers, who we know yep. had the track record, yep. so that makes no sense. You nailed it. That's exactly where I was going. It's like we keep hearing all these rumors about Eric Bieniemy having troubles, you know, 20, 22, 25 years ago, uh, yet Urban Meyer has a massive trail of being a horse's ass, and they still <laughs> they still gave him a chance. And, you know, here now I, I think this is the problem for the Jaguars. Uh, like I, you know, I've seen some lists early on here, candidates who could take over, like Josh McDaniels. Like, why would 
Why would a guy like that want this job? It's, it's clearly a dysfunctional Ooh. organization. And, Mark, you know this. When you play for bad organizations, uh, say who have a bad coach, it's not just a bad coach. It's probably a bad GM, and it's probably a bad owner. Like It, do, it doesn't just go with one person. When an organization stinks, it probably stinks from the top down. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. I was blessed to play for some really good organizations uh, from from top to bottom. So I, I just can't imagine, you know, the Jaguars, who have the number one pick. You know, they had the you know, you got Trevor Lawrence. You got everybody's excited about it, and then you go out and you hire a guy who you think that it, he probably thought he was in college and he can control Trevor. I guarantee you, some of the conversations he had behind closed doors with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor would probably want to kick him in the tail. Yep, and you know, it, it's probably going to come out. Um, and now everybody's like, well, why is this guy playing up to his capabilities? Because it was a toxic situation from top to bottom. And as a player, you know, you got to have everybody all in to be able to perform best at your job. The same thing that we do. Uh, if I'm toxic, there's no way that we're going to mesh on this show. And, you know, from top to bottom, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everything that you've done and given me an opportunity and a platform to share some of the things that I'm doing. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling, man. And, you know, everybody's talking about the Raiders and their organization. But, damn, look at the Jaguars. It's terrible. Yep. Mighty Mac, Mark McMillan of Cofield and Company. Before we get to all fired the – Fired up uh, today. Fired up today. I know. I know. Uh, I'm fired up for this game tonight. I hope everyone makes it to the field because of the COVID Woo! issues around the National Football oh, League. You know, most of the breakdown of the Chief Chargers game, I feel like people are sleeping on L.A., Am I wrong here? Do they not have a shot in this game? Uh, the, the Chargers have a good shot at this game. You know, whenever you have a quarterback, uh, you know, you're in the game. You're in the hunt. And, you know, they're getting some players back uh, on their side of the ball. The Chiefs are, are missing some big defensive players, as well as Josh Gordon on the outside, who's been, you know, coming on of late and being a good security blanket for Patrick Mahomes. But I don't think people are sleeping on the Chargers. You know, they're up and down. It's a tough league. Every week. You know, you have to bring your lunch pail. And, you know, they lost some games that they should have won. But tonight, uh, you know, Kansas City's got to go on the road. It's a short week. You know, you're losing some of your, your key defensive players. And it's going to be real tough. And San Diego's going to be, you know, I can't say San Diego. L.A. I'm still thinking of the thing on San Diego Chargers. <laughs> L.A., you know, is going to be ready. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, to me, the Chiefs fans, and we, we talked to some former Chief players early in the week, and, they were talking about the uh, AFC and the race, the Chiefs against all these other teams, and I'm like, you haven't won the division yet. Now, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win the division. I think the the Chargers, to me, this game comes down to defense, and the Chargers have been the the less consistent defense. The Chiefs' defense has actually been pretty good, but like you mentioned, uh, they're they're lighter in the defensive uh, backfield. Frank Clark is going to be out, so this is a this is a massive game in the AFC. Yeah. I, I want to jump to college football, and we'll build on a couple of points. First of all. What did you think of Deion Sanders landing arguably the number one player in the country, a defensive back, stealing him from his school, Florida State? (laughs) What do you think of this whole story? Because a lot of people are like, hey, this Travis Hunter kid really made a mistake here by going to play at that level. And you got to question the people who are saying he made a mistake. Why did he make a mistake? If I'm a defensive back and I have an opportunity to market myself and earn some money now that I can get paid, Who's a better marketing coach in any of college football right now than Deion Sanders? The platforms that he have to be able to give these kids an opportunity to get exposure, uh, to gain money off the field. And if you're the number one or number two, whatever, defensive back, who else are you going to learn from that's going to teach you how to play the game? Deion Sanders. And 
it's it's a change in the game. I know a lot of people are upset. They, you know, people are quoting Dabo. People saying, you know, they're they're uh, you know jockeying kids, paying kids. Come on now, Power Five been playing these kids a long time. Even when I was playing, I'm sure some guys got paid. Me personally, I didn't take a dime. I didn't get any money. For the record, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's you know kudos to Jackson State, kudos to the HBCU uh, for going out and, and showing these young men. Uh, you know, you don't have to go the power five route. You know, you can still come here, play good football. I guarantee you on pro day, there's going to be every scout known to man at Jackson State's pro day. Well, I guess the issue at hand is what's more important, the games you play in and the competition you face or the day-to-day work you get in practice and then the personal tutelage from an all-time defensive back like Deion Sanders. How does a guy develop better, practice or games? Um, I would say practice. You know, practice is, is get, prepares you for the game. And by the time the game time comes around, the game is easy. You know, going against Fred Barnett, uh, you know, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens in practice, by the time I got to the game, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've been preparing all week for this moment. And, you know, if Deion Sanders is going to prepare you mentally and physically all week, going out there playing, you know, it, against any competition, it doesn't matter what the conference is, I played against some of the best receivers that play the game that came from all black colleges. You know, Jimmy Smith comes to mind as well, came from Jackson State, who should be a Hall of Famer. And there's so many Hall of Famers in the hall right now from HBCU schools. I don't think people really understand the the pipeline that they have to the National Football League. It's just not glorified because it's not on ESPN all the time. Mark McMillan, Cofield and company here on a Thursday. Mark, what's going on with the lead up? What's going on with the lead up to the holidays? I know you're you're stuck in Phoenix now. You're coming back to Vegas, but what's going on with the the spices, the sauces, the cooking, the grilling, the smoking? Oh man, it's smoking meat now. You, you know, we gotta say, we gotta clarify that smoking meat. When you say smoking, and you go back to Vegas, everybody think you're smoking on that old herb. So we're smoking barbecue. We're smoking ribs. We're smoking hams. We're smoking turkeys, man. So. I'm excited, man. The, the spices are doing really good. Uh, my partners over at Brockmire is doing a really good job of uh, helping me get these spices out. I think we sold over like 80 units in, in two weeks. So that's a really good deal. So I, I'm excited, man. I got to get you some of this Grilla McMillan sauce so you can put it on something. I'm in. I'm in when you're back in town. When you're back I know, in town. I, I got to get back first. I know. <laughs> you want to tell the story of how you're stuck? In Arizona right now because uh, you uh, you had a you had a tire issue and the tire delivery was off so now you're stuck a couple extra days what a freaking nightmare! Oh, man. I know all the it's a lot of good things going on in Vegas right now I can't wait to get back man the festivities and all that the, the announcement of the Super Bowl Kentucky's coming to town UCLA's coming to town this weekend and I'm stuck here in Arizona because I'm riding on a donut. For the last five days, <laughs> FedEx screwed it up. I'm sitting there riding three wheel motion in a nice luxury car, and I can't even get on the road to tomorrow. So, discount tires, if you're listening, you owe me some tires and you owe me some mileage. Hell, you owe me some gas, too. Mark, give me your take on the Super Bowl to Vegas. Um, I, I love it. You know, I know uh, you guys are going to be excited. Uh, you know, v- Vegas deserves it. You know, a lot of stuff been going on with COVID, push the Pro Bowl back, so that'll be coming back. Uh, the NFL draft will be there. And then you say the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It doesn't matter if the Raiders are in it or not. It's going to be nuts. 
So I got my energy drink. I told you to get your energy drink because we ain't sleeping, baby. We, we go to every club. We hitting up every spot. <laughs> we interviewing all the players, all the stars. We ain't doing no – I can't go into the shaky, shaky uh, space places with you. But you can also, you know, maybe I can tell them to come outside, yeah. you know, once they put their clothes on. I'll take care of the shaky, shaky. That's, uh, that's my specialty. Uh, so, you know, it's funny that you mention – uh, the Raiders in a home game. I mean, it never happens. Obviously, it happened last year. Right now, where the Raiders are, I have no idea if they're going to be super relevant uh, the next couple of years because I don't know what they're going to do in terms of a rebuild, a coaching hire. But at hand right now is the last gasp to save the season. And it's going to sound weird. I'm not happy that people have COVID because it sucks and it could be debilitating. It could hurt some of these players in terms of health for the future. But my God... Mark, it's all laid out in front of them. You got a hobbled Browns team, another team in the playoff race. The Raiders have to freaking win this game on the road. They just have to. And, and you know, obviously Baker Mayfield is questioning not to start, so you have a backup quarterback. Um, you know, you have all your guys that you need to win the football game. You're away from home, so you don't have to hear all the chatter. And you have to win this game. Last week was a total embarrassment. You know, this week it should have been focused, you know, Let's just let's just freaking just hold on, get the job done. Freaking Derek Carr, let's go. I'm tired of the good old boy speech. You know, we're trying. I'm with my guys. No, you need to get somebody. You need to grab somebody by the freaking collar and pull somebody up and be like, yo, let's freaking go. But right now, somebody probably slap him in the face because he hasn't he doesn't have that mentality to lead the team like that. You know, eventually this was going to be put to the test, right? Um Gruden, Gruden gone. He was the organization. We yeah. all like Rich Basaccia, but you know, is he a head coach? And it seems like there's some fractures now. You had the the silly thing where they're going and stomping on the logo, which was just dopey. Then Derek Carr, <laughs> Derek Carr basically said after the game, "Well, I got my guys back, but you know, I really didn't agree with it." I mean, that kind of what, thing. What was, where yeah. was Derek Carr at when those guys were stomping on the logo? If, you, if I right? got your back, I'm gonna be right there, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder to you. So uh, you know, then you got those guys back. Like, no, you don't. You know, you're you're just playing the good. You're playing both sides of the fence, and guys know that, and you just can't do that. How hard is it at the uh, end of a season? You were on some teams that had expectations, struggled. You were on some bad teams too, like yep. getting the buy-in. Because frankly, I, again, I don't. I almost never accuse anyone of quitting on the football field. It's an incredibly hard sport. People are playing for right. their jobs. If you quit, you could get hurt. But I mean, the final Chiefs run inside of like eight minutes by Gore. And the Red Seas parted, and you just kind of see guys are like, all right, let's just get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. How, how hard is it to keep it together when things start getting frayed and you're looking at your season goal and you're like, wait, we're almost out of reach of getting that goal, getting to the playoffs? Right. I was in this with the uh, New Orleans Saints, you know, when uh, Coach Moore walked out on us. Uh, you know, we had an interim coach. And, you know, me, Eric Allen, Anthony Newman, Greg Jackson, uh, Alex Moden, we just, as a group, you know, Coach Jim Moore, you know, put us together and say, hey, man, we can either go in the tank or we can freaking fight for our jobs. And, you know, we went out there, like I said, we didn't win a lot of football games, uh, you know, but we fought and we never gave up. And that was some of the things that well, guys came into the game. They knew it was like, you know, you guys don't have a really good team, but damn, you know, you guys don't give up. And, you know, you can hear guys in the fourth quarter like, man, slow down, like, Hell no, we ain't slowing down. Like, our jobs is on the line. Yep. And I didn't see that last week with the Raiders when they were in Kansas City. And it all started off on the freaking logo. You know, that's so freaking childish. And then you go see the Kansas City Chiefs. They're like, oh, okay. They're going to try to come into our house, eat our food, 
go in my refrigerator and eat my butter and my jelly? Hell no, nah, brother. We about to smack y'all and make some sandwiches out of y'all. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you don't make it back to uh, Vegas, I'm going to break in your house and eat your uh, your jelly and your butter. So you better get back here soon. Get back safe, man. Get on the road. Get that tire. Let's get going, and we'll see you next week, okay? All right. Appreciate the spot, man. Mark McMillan, the former NFL player. He is our insider late in the week right here on Cofield and Company. It's time for a giveaway. Caller 11, caller 11, caller 11, 364-1100, The Press Box Holiday Hookup on Ice. Your chance to call in. You get four tickets to Disney on Ice at the Thomas and Mac. The show runs from January 6th to the 9th. You can get your own tickets at DisneyOnIce.com. And with this, you qualify for a great giveaway on December 21st. 55-inch 4K TV. But you got to call in. Call 11. 364-1100. Thanks to the guys on the Press Box for putting these prizes together. The Press Box Holiday Hookup on Ice 364-1100. Call Ari, call her 11. At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. Personally, I feel like a lot of people would just like a better terms fold. Um, they'll just lay down and come to practice, not ready to practice. And I, I know I'm a rookie, but I don't want my teammates to do that. I'm going to make sure they're ready to practice, and we bring that intensity every day. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Raiders, Divine, Diablo, speaking about keeping it together, concentrate. Well, the Raiders have been thrown into a weird situation here. They're beat up, but nothing like the Browns with the COVID sitch. Man, things change quickly. They change quickly. Notes this morning, Candy sends over. Raiders are getting a bad break. They have to face the best quarterback on the Browns roster. Nick Mullins is the best quarterback on the Browns roster. No, that's not who you were talking about. You were talking about Case Keenum. But since this morning, Case Keenum now pops positive. Among so, so, so many other players. It's just remarkable what's going on right now. And again, keep in mind, these are players who are in controlled environments. 90% of them are vaccinated. 90% plus are vaccinated. And we've now seen 120 players in the last four days test positive. And it just goes to show the seriousness of the situation that everyone societally right now is dealing with. And I think the Raiders were about to face a guy in Case Keenum who probably had the potential to cause them more problems than Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield just simply has not been very good since getting hurt. He's overall on the season pro football focus 31st rated quarterback. And that includes in the last few weeks, a grade of 33 out of 100 against New England, 50 against Detroit. Yes, Detroit, 49 against Baltimore the first time, 76 the second time. And that grade was on 32 of 35 passing, excuse me, I should say uh, 22 of 32 passing for a robust 190 yards at less than six yards per attempt in a game in which Baker Mayfield and the Browns nearly gave away at the very end. So does Case Keenum give the Browns in a vacuum a better chance to win a football game? It depends on what you do with the game plan because the Browns with a full offensive line should be running the ball. Well, guess what? They're nowhere near having a full offensive line. Um, I don't know how to handicap this game. I don't know how to potentially bet on this game. I don't know 
how you have any sort of conviction about feeling like you know what the Raiders are getting into this weekend, the best thing you can say is Derek Carr's healthy. And if the Raiders have their quarterback and the Browns have Nick Mullins, then there are not a lot of excuses left for the Raiders not to win this game. 120-plus positive tests around the National Football League. Then we've got all the close contacts. We talked about the variants, variant as one of the reasons why there's been this crazy spread. You know, just coming out of a holiday, also a reason. Some around the NFL are also complaining about the inconsistency of when the NFL is testing. What's your best understanding of this? Not to put you on the spot, because I just saw Baker Mayfield complaining about it, so I just wanted to get a little background before I read what Mayfield was saying. I have to be honest, this has not been a story that's been on my radar outside of the past week, right? Why would we think about it? Because the testing had sort of leveled off in terms of the number of positives that were coming in up until we had the post-Thanksgiving boom here with 120 players, as you just mentioned. But, you know, Baker Mayfield kind of shone, shined a light on this for me that I didn't know much about until he did. Uh, Mayfield said, make up your damn mind on the protocols, NFL. Showing up and making only three teams test. Also, you can keep the game as scheduled to make money. I think I'm reading that correctly. There's not much punctuation. Uh, he said, actually caring about player safety would mean delaying the game with this continuing at the rate it is, but to say you won't test vaccinated players if they don't have symptoms, then to pull this randomly doesn't make any sense to me. I, like you, have I'm not sure what the hell is going on. That would seem to me to, to suggest the NFL has some amazing inconsistency here. And it's also a reason why you've got teams all across the league who have had positive tests, and I think there's five that are virtually unaffected. How is that possible? I, I don't know. I guess the amazing part to me, Steve, when we talk about consistency is look who's on the other side of the Browns being the team that is having a massive COVID outbreak, and we have no idea how their protocols have been and why they ended up in this situation Last year's poster right. children right. for not right. taking the pandemic right. and the COVID situation seriously, the Las Vegas Raiders, who all of a sudden are the ones coming into this game damn near unaffected by it. They learned their lesson, Candy. They're doing everything right now. Got it. Wait. Got it. You're not buying that? Wait, what? <laughs> hey, if that's the one thing that goes right for the Raiders organization this year, then God bless them. We've got a couple of conspiracy theories to hash through here. One is from Ari. Ari says, what if the NFL won't consider rescheduling the Browns game because they see this as a way to make amends with the Raiders for the way they handled the Gruden situation? This on the heels of us getting a Super Bowl. They're trying to smooth things over. Ari, could he be on to something? You know, when it comes down to where I get my most salient analysis... Of the NFL's business decisions. Oh, no. I, I don't go to Jared. No, no. He went to Ari. <laughs> and Ari came through by letting us know that the NFL has chosen to give the Super Bowl its largest crown jewel to Las Vegas as an oopsie for John Gruden. Yes. So you're not going to read the sentence after that or the two sentences after you that. You can read it. I, I don't sure, actually believe this one bit, but Raider Nation would eat it up. 
I was trying to protect well, oh! you from basically, from basically oh. calling Raider Nation stupid. You're calling them idiots. I don't think they're stupid. I think they're sensitive, I, and I think they make things into bigger things than that are really there. In some cases, such as the media, for example, their perception on how the media works locally. I think, here, I think Ari the, might be referencing the uh, comment yeah, from think. a Raider diehard at the beginning of the week that uh, the Raiders need to change up their media, which I didn't really understand what, what good that would do or who the hell they were talking about. I think the demand was ask harder questions of the Raiders now that they've lost five of six. Uh, those of us in the media, especially those who are asking the questions at the Raiders facility, need to be harder on LVR. I think it's clear. And I think that um, if you have feelings about what Ari has said, uh, keep in mind, over on 920 AM, Raider Nation Radio is live right now. I think you should call in and you should talk to them about what Ari had to say about you. Are you an overly sensitive fan of the Raiders who would buy into Ari's conspiracy theories? Would you listen to the show more if we talked more about them? We probably should. He's got lots of ideas. We try to cram them down as much as possible. Every once in a while, one leaks. Uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, here's another one. So we saw the other day, Candy, and again, it, like it happens so often I don't think people pay attention much to it. But there were multiple reports two days ago. Washington owner Dan Snyder tried to block interview with ex-employee who accused him of sexual misconduct. I saw a Twitterer, a tweeter, who then said, every time negative attention is directed towards Dan Snyder, a head coach loses his job and an angel loses their wings. There you go. Mixing in the holidays a little bit there. John Gruden went bye-bye the first time. Things got a little hot under the collar for the Snide Dog. And now this time around, new news on the Snide Dog. And Urban Meyer is the sacrificial lamb. Which coach is, is going a wonderful next? Life. Because of Dan it Snyder. is a wonderful life. Yes. Dan Snyder lives a wonderful life. To all, a Merry Christmas when Dan Snyder is the most powerful man in the National Football League and decides to get head coaches axed when things start to get a little bit uncomfortable for him. I love it. I love that we've gone full galaxy brain on Dan Snyder being the poster child for all that's wrong with NFL ownership to Dan Snyder controls all of us. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Stone, a tap back, patch ready to the middle. He shoots, and he scores! It once again trickled through the goaltender. Swayman arguing with the referee says that there was interference. Pacioretty appears to have his second goal of the day. And Vegas has a 4-0 lead five minutes into the second. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Oh, those neon lights shine like Christmas night. And the spirit's right. There's good cheer in this crowd. Think I'll stay, oh don't hit me now Christmas is a feeling, Christmas is in this town Candy peppermints, striped like poker chips Cruising down the strip in a sleigh red car And it doesn't Ari, very festive, very festive. <laughs> we'll bet that one off the air, Ari. We don't have to mention it. You, you, you look that up. 
I think I'm going to win that one. Adam Candy, Cofield, Ari, Silver Sevens is the site. VGK game starting up here in about five minutes. Middle of the road trip at our beloved Devils in lovely Newark. Hey, now. Hey, now. Let's go, Devils. I thought you were going to challenge me on the uh, hour, beloved. You, look, you're from the state. I just grew up watching them. So, why did, why mean, did you do that? Oh, it's, it's an easy story, actually. So when I was growing up, my family uh, on my dad's side had a restaurant, and they had distributors who all wanted to make sure that they got their products into the restaurant. And guess who was in charge of doing all of the work with uh, those distributors? That was the person managing the restaurant, my mother. So uh, they didn't have Rangers tickets to give away. They ah, had Devils tickets to give away. That's awesome. And so as a kid, I started going to Devils games. And that just, it stuck. That was it. I was a Devils fan for life. And the rest of my family are Rangers fans. And I love to rub in their face that the yeah. Devils have won three Stanley Cups while they've won one. 1940. No, they changed that. Was that the year? Was that? I used to hear that all the time. It, it, that, the well, years. that actually was the year they beat the Devils in overtime in the Eastern Conference right. Finals to uh, to go win the championship. Matto, 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 Matto. Thank you. Thank I, you. I, I, I love remembering that one. I, I heard you. that a million times. Yes, Devils, Golden Knights, patches has been the story. Goals in seven straight games. Beyond that, nine point, check that, nine game point streak going on right now with ten goals and six assists. Boy, Mark Stone has returned to play great hockey, looking much more healthy than he did when things fizzled in the playoffs. Health, kind of a big thing with good teams, right? If they lose a lot of their best players, and I will give, we all have to give the Knights credit, and I gave them credit when it was going on. Uh, they had talked about the depth in the organization. The depth paid off. They weren't great, but they didn't freaking collapse like some other teams have. And now look, you know, look at where we are here as their best players are flying high. It looks like a fast team. It looks like a dangerous team. It's a group that's, I'm sure, thrilled to be adding an awesome weapon in a couple of months. These are good times right now, and this could be a monster road trip. The key is what you just said, Cofield. They didn't totally collapse under the weight of all those injuries. They just held it together enough. And so now, go back to December 1st. You mentioned the seven-game goal streak for Max Pacioretty. Look at what the team has done during that time. It's the Golden Knights that we've all grown to know and love. They are 5-2 and two during that stretch, but go to the advanced metrics. They are third in share of expected goals for. They are sixth in Corsi for, for how much they're controlling the puck and the shots in the game. And there's no damn mystery to it when you have that top line back together and that depth doesn't have to get tested the same way. You can use depth as depth instead of using depth to try to prop up your top six, which is the situation this team has been stuck in. And look, like you mentioned, you're still waiting for Jack Eichel, ostensibly the replacement for Alex Tuck. You're still waiting for Alec Martinez, who has been dealing with injury for quite a while now. Uh, they're not nearly at full strength yet, and yet you go into Boston in the last game, a team that is going to be 
one of the contenders in the Eastern Conference once again, and the Golden Knights dominated that game. And look, they are a better team than the Devils. They should be in good position to go out there and keep this road trip going in a positive direction tonight. Daily happy hour starts at 3 with beers, well drinks, and margaritas, just two seventy-seven.